Welcome to Cherry Records Industrial Manufacturing Podcast. We are excited to continue our latest series titled Building a Competitive Recovery, where we will discuss the challenges of this COVID recovery landscape and provide strategies to position your business for future success. I'm Matt Brady, leader of the firm's Industrial Manufacturing Industry Group. Today, I'm joined by Pete Byford, a director in our Tax Advantage Group here at Cherry Becker. Pete joins me today to discuss part four of our series on how manufacturers can leverage new market tax credits to accelerate their growth strategy. Welcome, Pete. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. Well, well let's let's dive right in, Pete. I know we've got a lot to cover. So, so let's start with the basics. Uh, what are new market tax credits and how can they be used? Yeah, so the new markets tax credit is a federal tax subsidy uh, administered by a group called the Community Development Finance Institute, which is a subsidiary of the Department of Treasury. And basically, it is a corollary to the low-income housing tax credit designed to spur investment in communities with high poverty or low-median family incomes and can generate a benefit to someone willing to invest in a community like that of up to 15 to 20% of their total capital project costs. Uh, In general, new markets can be used for any kind of capital project, whether that's a 501c3 healthcare system or a YMCA, or it's an industrial manufacturer putting a new plant in, adding equipment, or buying and expanding an existing plant in a low-income community. Uh, About $5 billion worth of transactional volume happening annually, and about 40% of that is industrial. So obviously very powerful tool for the industrial manufacturers of the world. Wow, yeah, it it sounds like if my math's right, there's about 2 billion there uh, that that industrials are using. I I didn't realize that that made up such a large percentage of that allocation. Credit seems to be a win-win, uh, positive for the low-income community and effective way for businesses to bridge that uh, financial gap. So specifically, what kinds of industrial projects can you finance with new market tax credits? Yeah, Matt, and it, it is definitely a win-win for the communities and for the for the projects themselves. And, and that's exactly what the government intended to incent. Um, is a way for the federal government to spur creation of job and job opportunities in these typically disinvested communities. They can be rural, they can be in um, major cities. The real key is that the census tract has um, that high poverty or low medium family income threshold. Uh, Now for industry, you know, we typically tend to think of capital projects um, generically as buying land and building a building. But you can actually do a whole lot more than just buy land and build a building. Now, you certainly can do that. Um, in fact, we we helped a client, Swiss Chrono, in, in South Carolina, um, where they were building an entirely new um, high-density fiberboard facility uh, to supplement an existing co-located facility they had where they made, engin- made engineered hardwood flooring. So what we used to call laminate flooring, um, they actually built about a $300 million plant. Um, they used new market tax credits to help provide a fairly significant subsidy uh, to make that work. In that case, the real cool benefit was they were able to hire about 150 
additional employees at that location. Uh, and for that county, that actually made a statistical movement of the unemployment rate for the for the county in South Carolina. So pretty big deal. Um, similarly, we can help a client that is simply busting at the seams from a manufacturing standpoint. Maybe they've got three manufacturing lines and they're getting orders in such that they can't meet the demand for their product. Um, we helped one of our clients, Ampro Industries in Memphis, in, in Memphis, Tennessee, to put a whole new um, bottling line in. So they put in new HVAC systems, new mixing equipment, new manufacturing lines, didn't touch the, the facility itself, um, in terms of adding space under roof or anything like that, but they were able to add an entirely new manufacturing line and add about 30% to their manufacturing capacity. And then finally, and this one's a little less common, uh, but, but also a really cool tool is we've been able to use new market tax credits to assist businesses in buying strategic targets. So going out and acquiring a, a, another business that either vertically integrates them or expands their product offering in some way. And the new market tax credit equity can be used to reduce the amount of capital that the project has to bring or the, the, the company making the acquisition has to bring in to buy that business line. Again, oftentimes that's in a case where the seller is distressed and, and um, you're saving jobs in a community. Well, so, so basically what you're saying is that the credits are applicable for funding uh, a number of different avenues. And, and certainly uh, for those listening, all of that might be new information um, and, and very, very positive information, knowing that our companies are are striving to grow and, and certainly with that uh, have financial needs to do that. So um, is there a minimum or maximum or a maybe a better set, a general sweet spot for those new market tax credits? Yeah, certainly. And, and of course, everything starts from that geographic census tract, um, you know, making sure that you're in a in a qualified area. Uh, but from there, from a dollar standpoint, it is a complicated financing tool, provides a great benefit, but it comes with some complications around getting the financing closed. It's a seven year transaction that has reporting obligations. And so in order to make the benefit worthwhile, we sort of view the minimum capital project size is about $5 million. Um, there is no technical maximum, uh, but practically this program is administered through what are called community development entities that are involved in a competitive application process to that CDFI fund I mentioned earlier. Um, and they get a certain number of credits that they're able to sell to generate cash to invest in deals. And because of the way they work, I promise I won't get into technical details with you today, but because of the way they work, the practical limit of New Market's transaction closing size is probably 30 to 40 million uh, worth of New Market's allocation. Um, and, and that's what's generating the tax credit that ultimately generates the cash benefit. So if you think back to that Swiss Chrono example, it was a $300 million total transaction about 30 to 40 million dollars worth of that transaction flowed through a new markets financing vehicle. Um, and then there's sort of a sweet spot for where one of those community development entities can come in, do the deal, it gives the most bang for the buck, 
and and um, the least complication is sort of 10 to 14 million dollars. Um, a good example would be we worked with a manufacturing family-owned company called Vestal Manufacturing. Uh, they needed to build an expanded uh, logistics and distribution facility next to their manufacturing facility. It's about a $14 million deal with one CDE and an investor buying the tax credits, which really sort of highlights the high end of that sweet spot. Well, Pete, I, I know that to your comment, we could go a lot deeper in this. We could we could get into some of the technicalities of it, uh, but I really appreciate you just maybe scratching the surface with us today and, and starting to educate us uh, on, on what new market tax credits are, uh, how they can be used and kind of going back to our, our sweet spot terminology, uh, you know, what that what that sweet spot is. Um, for some of our listeners, uh, they may be well-educated new market tax credits. Uh, for others, this might be the first time they've heard of it. So uh, so hopefully that's that's got folks thinking about uh, alternative um, funding options. So um, to our listeners, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we do hope this conversation provide you with some, some new creative solutions uh, and particularly some alternative financing options. Uh, additional guidance regarding today's subject, including details on the case studies that Pete mentioned, can be found in the related guidance section of this podcast webpage. Uh, you can also visit cbh.com backslash guide for more. We hope you will tune in for the final part of our series on building a competitive recovery. Uh, next, in part five, we will review the tax strategies available uh, to offset those some of those expansion costs. Um, for those of you who may be listening into our podcast for the first time, Please note, we previously released three other podcasts in our Building Competitive Recovery series covering digital strategies to optimize your supply chain, the impacts international tax legislation will have on your supply chain efficiency, and the challenges of utilizing vertical integration to ease supply chain. So please know you can go back and listen to all three, and of course, we hope you tune in for part five. Thank you all for listening, and thank you again for your time today, Pete. Thanks so much.